Let's talk weekend DIY jobs. And I've uh, reserved plenty of time to talk to Stan today because there are a lot of requests coming in. Hello, sir. Kia ora. Shall we get straight into it? Can I just say, Jesse, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, one of your listeners um, asked a question that I couldn't really answer until we had a little bit more knowledge. And it was about someone had some sticky windows and didn't really yeah. um, know how to pull the, the material or whatever that sticky substance off. And as soon as I hung up the phone, I was like, oh, darn it, I should have recommended. <laughs> there is a product called Dissolve It, which is, is spelt like you'd imagine without the E on the soul, Dissolve It. Um, and there's there's three or four or maybe a half a dozen of, of the different types of dissolvent products. The one that looked the most suitable for, for the brief description we got was um, a citrus one. And, so, and, it, and it's all natural sort of um, with orange peel sort of cleaner. So I'd definitely have a look at that to see if that would remove the sticky stuff off the windows. Thank you very much. Um, okay, kitchen drawer has some steam damage and it's caused the timber to swell. Can it be repaired, asks Lois, or is replacement the only option? Um, look, it all depends on how old that drawer is and, and how it was made. You know, um, if it's, you know, like some of the construction of the newer drawers now, it's it, it's got like predominantly a steel frame and then they've just got an MDF bottom on it or an MDF back. The sort of the slightly old ones, all the whole construction was made out of MDF and it might have just had um, steel runners on underneath it mm. um, with, a, with an independent um, draw face. So you could put, you know, change your draw faces up. So it, it could be as simple as taking that drawer into a cabinet making and get them to make you a new base um, or wear it on the sides. And But if it's, it really all depends on the way it is constructed. I would sort of maybe try and go to a, a, a cabinet maker sort of t- style person and see if they can replicate it. Or if it is the sort of the off-the-shelf style ones, you can buy individual drawers and just click them together yourself. But I would say by the age of it, it would be slightly older, yeah, and it's swollen due, due to the moisture and that. So I would probably start with just a cabinet maker and just have that quick conversation. Can it be fixed or do I have to buy a new one? Thank you. Hi, Stan. We're looking at adding a cantilevered daybed window seat from an external wall. The, yep. li- the lintel is no problem, but I wondered if there are any tips on the rest of the job. Maybe for, for the, those of us who don't quite follow that, you can explain what Robert's up to there. Yeah, so, okay, okay the lintel, he said, okay, you've got a standard window in there. Um, as far as sort of council goes, as long as you're not making that window, say if you wanted to replace a window with a window, as long as you're not making that window wider, so you're not sort of changing the lintel um, and you're operating within that space and you're not removing the studs or the lintel, um, that can be done. But because it is dealing with the exterior of your house, you would probably need to get a licensed building practitioner to undertake it. But I have done that on a number of occasions myself. And so basically all you're doing is um, extending your joists out, which you know support your floor and your joists sit on top of your bearers. Your flooring sits on top of your joist. And so what normally would happen if, if you're lucky and the joists are running in the direction of um, protruding outwards towards your window, you would strap the side of your joists with another joist of the same size, generally like a 62, 150 by 50. You would protrude those out um, the, width, the length of your window seat um, and um, you could probably, if it, if it is a six foot two and a, a slightly older house, generally they're at about 
four to five hundred centres. So you could probably protrude those out at about, I'm um, saying safely, six hundred millimetres, seven hundred mil, um, and um, and then building your walls up from there. But um, and and it is a job that's relatively easy. Um, but I would be talking to a licensed building practitioner in order to get it done correctly to make sure the flashings and all that, the weather tightness is, is all done correctly. Thank you. Gary asks, please ask Stan Scott how to remove the second layer of painted wallpaper. The first painted layer has scraped off reasonably easily, but the side that is adhered to the wall has not and remains. Okay, so hot soapy water. So there's there's so many different types of like wallpaper removal um, products, and, and I mean in sort of like chemical sort of style products. But what I would do, and, and you could buy that more than likely, it sounds like your, your listeners onto it, but you can buy those scorers and it's like a little round, almost look like a pot scrubbing thing and you hold it in your hand, there's heaps of little, and it leaves like those little dents in it like you would with a pie cutter sort of a thing. And, and that sort of scratches the wall um, and then you would apply with um, hot soapy water um, over top of the wallpaper with a sponge. Put some uh, mask up your PowerPoint so no water gets in there. Put some polythene down so it doesn't damage your floor. And normally I would go over with a weed sprayer with that. Just warm um, hot soapy water, spray it, let it soak in after you've given it that sort of scour on it to allow the, the warm water to penetrate um, and, and get into the onto the wallboard. Scrape that off, and you may have to do that two or three times in order to to get it to remove it. Now, once you've removed all the wallpaper, um, and if it is particularly hard to get off, it is very common to damage the surface surface of of your plasterboard. You know, you remove if you and if you're taking too much plaster off, um, you you are really looking at damaging the the integrity of of your plasterboard. Um, there's that one thing um, and then before you do any sanding or, or painting or, or, or jib stopping over top of that, that um, plasterboard you're going to have to put an oil based pigmented sealer over top to seal it before the plaster can even stick so sometimes you do all this work to remove all the wallpaper and then you've then you've still got to oil based seal it and then you've still got to um, put a skim coat over it and probably maybe even two or three skim coats and then you've still got to put a sealer on it and start painting. Sometimes, and if it's of that age, you're sort of almost looking at, it's easy, I know people roll their eyes when I say but most of the time it's easier just to remove the, the, the old plasterboard and then you can get um, some new wires in the wall for PowerPoints or, or data cable or mm-hmm. insulation and building paper and then put new plasterboard on. And then you fix it horizontally and generally you've just got one stop um, across the middle and then an end on the sides. Thank you. Um, hopefully you've talked Gary into that. <laughs> Someone says I need to install a latch system into a cavity sliding door to stop my 11-month-old escaping into the forbidden excitement of the garage. I have no yeah. real DIY experience, so should I get a handy person in to do the job or could I do it with some borrowed tools and Stan's advice? Absolutely. I would. Um, just Stan's go, answer to don't... can I do it myself is always <laughs> yes. Just bear that in mind, oh, everyone. <laughs> Look, there's a couple of things, um, Jesse. I've seen no no floor tiles in a shower yourself, and no sanding yeah. of floors. I yeah. think with the other two, <laughs> <laughs> or electrical, yeah. or plumbing. But um, hey, look, that one. There's a couple of different types of cavity door slider locks um, out there on the market that can be very tricky to put on, and you might need and you know some more technical skill or tools to put them in. But 
There is one handle out there. All you need to do is cut uh, from memory like a, a slot into the door about 45 millimetres and it's down 45 minutes. So you're basically taking out a 45 by 45 slot out of the door and then you just put this handle straight over top and you screw one handle to the other and it's pretty much that easy. So um, have a look. It's, it's, it's certainly not the most expensive um, one at all and, and it is the easiest to put on. So yeah, definitely give it a crack. I'm going to give you uh, a go at this one last message that says, this is a slightly different question for Stan. My partner is a very accomplished DIYer and I can't stand doing it and I'd also not be welcome to help. However, he can be a bit slow sometimes, so how can I ask him to please finish and get rid of the stacks of timber in the house without sounding ungrateful and causing a rift? <laughs> um, yeah, how do I say this diplomatically then? Well, um, you know, you can't rush a good, <laughs> good things, but... Sometimes some projects do take a little bit longer. You only have to start, um, you know, mentioning that you've got a num- num- number of a very good tradesperson that's willing to come and finish, and finish it off uh, <laughs> to, to get them motivated again. But Yeah, that know. even works on me. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, your DIY skills uh, were mm. pretty good the last time, you know, you locked your, your child, locked themselves in the room and... <laughs> You had an axe that you're trying to get into the door with. Um, it's like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. All good, buddy. You have a great weekend.